handoff to Jonathan oh. Taylor. Hughes hole. He's at the 30. He's going to go. 10, 5, touchdown. Jonathan Taylor made a man miss the line of scrimmage and then runs it into Pater. And a one-handed INT. Are you kidding me? Kenny Moore. What a play by Naheem Hines. What's going on, Colts Nation? Welcome back to another episode of the Bring the Juice Colts podcast. On with us, Colts writer, Mr. J.J. Stankovitz. J.J., thanks for coming on, man. How are you doing? I'm doing great, Cody. It's a good time here to uh, dive into some draft recaps and talk a little bit about the new guys who are joining the Colts. Absolutely. Well, first off, how was the draft for you? How were you able to watch the draft? And uh, did you are you a big draft junkie like a lot of people are? I'm not. Uh, in terms of like, I love the draft. Don't get me wrong, but I I'm not someone who pours over hours of watching film. Um, that I usually leave that to people who know what they're watching a little bit more than I do. Um, which there, I, by the way, Colts Twitter, y'all got some really smart people on it. So I'm. I've been very impressed with what I've seen uh, just kind of diving into it over the last uh, month and a half here. But uh, yeah, I was able to be at the Colts facility, uh, you know, watching the draft play out with uh, members of our Colts content team. That was really neat. I hadn't met any of these people before because I've still been up in Chicago. Uh, We're moving down to the Indianapolis area this summer to be down there permanently so it was really nice, you know, got to do a podcast with Jeffrey Gorman and Lara Overton, did an overtime video segment with Lara that you can all check out on Colts.com and on the Colts official podcast. But it was a blast. I had a ton of fun doing it. I love the draft every year. It's always like it's always like building a big puzzle, isn't it, Cody? And yeah. just seeing how it fits all together. It really is, man. It definitely is. And, you know, a lot of people, including, you know, myself and probably you as well, would say, Number one need was probably pass rush coming into the draft. Well, the Colts felt like it wasn't just a, a position that they needed to address once. No, two times in a row. They double dip at pass rusher. They take, you know, Quiddy Pay obviously at 21, and then Dio Adangbo there in the second round at pick number 54. JJ, I think this was a major surprise to a lot of people covering the Colts because we also said the Colts have a big need at left tackle with Anthony Costanzo retiring. Now, there's been rumors. We don't want to get too much into it, but there's been rumors the Colts are hosting Eric Fisher this week, and they've also been in contact with Charles Leno Jr., who was the tackle for the Bears, who you know pretty well. But moving back to pass rusher, we kind of want to talk about why the Colts felt like they needed to double down on pass rusher. I kind of had – last year I had Kevin Bowen from the 1070 to fan on after the Colts drafted Jonathan Taylor, right, to talk about why the Colts felt like they needed to du- double down at the running back position. Obviously, that worked really well with Marlon Mack being injured. But now here we are. The Colts did kind of a similar thing with the pass rush department, although I would say they have even more talented guys in terms of by committee Mm -hmm. uh, at the pass rush department. What are your thoughts on why the Colts kind of decided to go this route? I think it's twofold. The first part is that, yes, the Colts needed to replace Danico Autry and Justin Houston, who both are, you know, Danico signed with the Titans in free agency. Justin Houston still a free agent. Um, But, you know, I'm sure you saw Chris Ballard's comments over the weekend that it it might be a little bit difficult to fit another guy into that defensive end room now after the draft. So that, that was one part of it. The other part of it, though, is that these guys are really high on the Colts board. I mean, they they were elated that Quiddy Pay 
fell to number 21, you know, and he was the second edge rusher off the board. Miami's Jalen Phillips went to Miami uh, 18th overall. So then that kind of pushed Quiddy down. And, you know, Ballard said it after the, the first round of the draft Thursday, he had an opportunity to trade down, but it wasn't close to being enough to pass up drafting a player in Quiddy Pay who they really like. And Quiddy Pay's traits are just off the charts. I'm sure you saw the the thing about his three cone drill, right? Right. That was insane. <laughs> I mean, the, it, a guy who is his size should not be able to move like that, and yet Quiddy Pay moves like that. It yeah. is it is crazy. And the thing I, I think is really interesting about him is that he's referred to as kind of a maybe more of a raw prospect by some folks who have analyzed this draft. But if you look at how Michigan used him in that 3-4 predominant uh, defense there, he's got some pass rushing moves. I think depending on where he lines up, he has flexibility, which is good. But I had a chance to catch up with Will Fries, who was the Colts' seventh-round pick out of Penn State, an offensive lineman, who went up against Quiddy Pay every year in college. And I asked him, like, what's the challenge of trying to block this guy? And he said it's his strength and his athleticism. But he also said he has a pretty well-rounded arsenal of pass rushing moves. I think maybe at Michigan we didn't see it as much, but that could be more of a scheme thing than it is a reflection on Quiddy Pay. I think you get him into this Matt Eberflus system with Brian Baker as his defensive line coach. I think the the sky is absolutely the limit for this guy, and that's just Quiddy. I'm sure we can get into Dio here, um, but with with Odangbo, it was the same thing, where. All of a sudden, this guy who, like, the card is just, like, sticking out on the draft board of, like, this guy's still here. This guy's still here. These picks are made. This guy's still here. And you get to him, and, okay, yes, he had the Achilles injury in January. Chris Ballard said, we think it's worth the risk. And they think it's worth the risk because they think Dio Odangbo was a first-round talent who they were able to get in the second round. So when you have a player like that, no matter matter the position, you really like to take those guys. And it just so turns out that he then fills an additional need. He can be that guy. He told us uh, after he was picked that he views himself more as a defensive lineman, not an end, not a tackle, because he has the ability to play every single technique along the defensive line. That kind of versatility, you got him in there. You got Tyquan Lewis. This year, you got Isaac Rochelle, who can do the same thing. And that versatility really, really works. That's going to be DeForest Buckner's best friend eventually when Dio Adengbo gets back on the field. Yeah, for sure. I guess I'm curious also because the Colts have addressed pass rush in the past, the last few drafts, right? They drafted Kamoko Ture, Taekwon Lewis, who you mentioned, um, and then Ben Banigou in 2019. So, And they also have some other guys like Al-Kadim Muhammad. You mentioned Isaac Rochelle. So there's a lot of defensive linemen here, specifically at defensive end. Um, what do you think this basically means for some of these guys who – have been drafted pretty early, but maybe haven't lived up to expectations on where they were drafted. You know, all these guys have different situations. Kamoko Torre is more of the injury situation. Ben Banigou just hasn't seen the field. Taekwon Lewis, he, he's getting a little bit more. I think I feel like the Colts are more high on him. Mm -hmm. But specifically, those two guys haven't lived up at least to where the Colts thought they were going to get. You've seen flashes, but they haven't put it all together for various reasons. What do you think it says about some of those guys? So... I think, you know, obviously, whenever you draft guys at the same position you just took guys at, 
you know, it, it sometimes can light a fire under those guys. But I'll say this. Chris Ballard brought up a point that I thought was really interesting. That with the NFL going to the 17th game this year, mm-hmm. you're going to need fresh defensive linemen all year. And if you've got that group you just rattled off there, you should be able to have those guys be fresher than potentially some other teams who once you get beyond your top three, four defensive linemen, you're starting to scrape a little bit. You're not getting the the level of talent that you might get in an Al-Kadi Muhammad or certainly a Kamoko Ture. And I think that is a really important thing here because the, the Colts, you know, they, they obviously prioritize their lines. And on the defensive line, you do need a good rotation there. You know, it's rare to find D linemen who can play 80, 90% of the snaps. You know, DeForest Buckner can do that. But those guys are rare. You know, I covered one of them in Chicago in Akeem Hicks. And that, that guy just, like, didn't come off the field. But then everyone else on that Bears defensive line, which was very deep every year I covered it, would wind up playing, you know, 33, 40, 50, 55% of the snaps. And that defensive line was really good. That's what you want, to be able to rotate guys in and out and not have them miss a beat. I think that's what the Colts are building here with star guys like DeForest Buckner, like Grover Stewart, like Quiddy Pay, like they think Dio Dangbo can be. Mm. And with the AFC, you've got guys like Mahomes, like Josh Allen, like Lamar Jackson. How important do you think it is even still to get a pass rush on some of these guys? Because if you want to be a playoff team, I mean, I think we saw as early as, you know, last season against the Buffalo Bills, you know, you can't get to Josh Allen is going to do that. How important do you think it is to get a consistent pressure on some of these more elite quarterbacks in the AFC? We saw it in the Super Bowl, didn't we? I mean, that that was the game right there is that for his incredible generational of a quarterback as Patrick Mahomes is he couldn't deal with the pressure because it was so overwhelming and when you can just roll guys in and guys who've got talent you know I know Ben Banigou hasn't lived up to the second round expectations yet but he's still got a lot of talent in him the Colts have not given up on Ben Banigou same goes for Kamoko Ture with the injuries they they think there is a lot more left in Kamoko Ture and then you mentioned Tyquan Lewis a guy who Chris Ballard said it multiple times over the last couple of weeks that, hey, we thought this guy was really coming on last year. And they think there, there's some big things in store for him in 2021. If you can do that, look, for as great of a quarterback as all those guys are, you just mentioned, if they don't have time to throw, it doesn't matter how good you are. So that that's what you try to build with this defense, with a Matt Eberflus defense, which is can really get after quarterbacks and really dial up the pressure when it's got a good front, I think that's what you're building toward here. And I think that's a, a really important thing. And look, Jim Ursay mentioned it. You know, you gotta be after you gotta be able to get after the quarterback. Jim Ursay's seen more football in his life than I probably ever will. And he knows a little something about having elite pass rushing duos in uh Dwight Freeney and Robert Mathis. So I'm gonna go with his word on that one. Going back to Dio really fast, obviously that injury to the Achilles is a concern. Some people think he may not even play this next season. What, Based off of what you've heard, do you anticipate Dio potentially being a part of the Colts' plans here in the immediate future in 2021? You know, Chris Ballard said there's no timetable for when he would be back, and the Colts still need to get their medical team's hands on him in a really big way uh, whenever he does get into the facility. So I think they'll have a better idea once that happens. But right now, you know, I could throw out a guess, but it is just a guess. And I think everyone 
for everyone in that building, it's just a guess. But the one thing I will say is that the Colts wouldn't have drafted this guy if they thought the Achilles was going to be a long, long-term thing, right? right? So whenever he comes back, they think at that moment, that is when it's go time, and he is going to be a really impactful player for them. I'm just envisioning Chris Ballard, Matt Eberflus, and Brian Baker just salivating at the idea of, you know, on third down having Quiddy Pay, DeForest Buckner, Dio Adangbo, and maybe Kamoko Toria Ben Banagu all rushing the passer. I mean, that is a quarterback's nightmare if all these guys can live up to expectations. So, and that's also, and it's also, by the way, that's a linebacker's best friend, right? Yes. Like, yes. you know who loves you throw in Darius Leonard. In terms of guys who love these picks too, don't get you know he was uh, he was texting with uh, Lara Overton about it, just like you know he's fired up at the Quiddy Pay pick, and uh, you you can sense that the rest of the guys in this defense really like these moves too. Yeah, it's going to be so exciting. I mean, I feel like undoubtedly this Colts defense, at least on paper, is going to be a lot better in the pass rush department. We'll see, obviously, how that plays out, but. Uh, I think that kind of explains why the Colts double-dipped at pass rusher in the draft and why they've really doubled down on trying to get to the quarterback. JJ, thank you so much, man, for giving a little bit of your insight into why you believe the Colts made these moves in the NFL draft. Uh, it's going to be fun to see how these guys progress and see how this pass rush hopefully improves this next season. Thank you. Appreciate it for having me on here, Cody. Hopefully we can do it again soon, and maybe next time I'll bring some juice instead of just some water. <laughs> Absolutely, man. Appreciate it. Take care. Right. Wow.